I have a have a package sitting. Happy holidays, Connor. <laughs> Happy holidays. Uh, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. We're recording this uh, just after Christmas, a few days. I had a pleasant Saturnalia and a really joyous Yule that continues to be well until uh, tomorrow. How, how was your Festivus? Be, did you did you engage I, in the feats of strength and air your grievances with your loved ones? Uh, my, my I did air a grievance, uh, but my my Festivus was uh, I've recorded a podcast with you and then went and got in a car accident. <laughs> oh yes, well what it, we talked about this. It, it, you didn't give me much of the details. It sounded like it was not it wasn't, it wasn't catastrophic. Bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad at all. I'm, I'm in no pain or have any injury, and the other person I don't believe is injured either. But okay. uh, a person stopped short on my on my way to a holiday gathering, and I realized I was not going to be able to stop quick enough, so I went to veer around them, and my front taillight just clipped their rear taillight, and it ripped the front side of my car off. Like, the, 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 the bumper section in front of the tire got ripped off, um, and... Uh, punctured my tire and flattened it and was leaking um washer fluid so i don't know completely how much damage there is it's uh currently being uh assessed by the insurance company her car only had like a cracked taillight well that's good that that that's not much to fix but uh, it was unfortunate that it happened and it completely changed my entire plans around but i'm sorry other than that (laughs) Other than that, I had a fine Festivus. The fact that I'm here alive and it wasn't a life-threatening uh, accident is something I'm thankful for. And uh, me too. I then had a I then had a decent uh, Christmas with my parents. Uh, how was yours? How was your Christmas? Uh, oh, it, it was good. Popping I, a drink already, it's, huh? It's mineral water. <laughs> but uh, day drinking. Yeah, I. Uh, it was good. I I had like an impromptu gathering at my house on this Saturday before Christmas where some people came over and we, you know, had some snacks and some drinks and ended up seeing uh, Die Hard at... Uh, That's right, you were telling me you were going to do that. Yeah, at the the um, George R. R. Martin's movie theater here in Santa Fe. It's called the Jean Cocteau. You've been there and we've mentioned it before. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, and it, it, they've actually um, remodeled the theater and I was talking to someone who worked there and they were telling me how they, uh, they're going to like expand the bar and turn it into this whole kind of interconnected thing. It sounds really cool. Like a venue. Yeah. 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 And um, they, sh- they should, honestly, when I was there that I was surprised at how small it was and the amount of events that they have there, it would really lend themselves to having like a bar that you can go to after the event and just hang out and mingle. Um, yeah. and I'm sure like the writers and stuff want to do that too. Like yeah. all the writers that he has has there as guests, to to yeah to interact more with the fans because it is kind of mm-hmm. tight in there. And as soon as an event is over, you kind of feel like like not pushed out, but like there's nothing to do but leave. So and and if there's more space to socialize, I think people would use it. But Die Hard was awesome. We had a great um, New Year uh, uh, Christmas Eve, I should say, and I made chick- chicken and dumplings, which I've never made before, and they came out really good. And then Christmas, Good. yeah, we just relaxed. You know, me and my partner relaxed. We exchanged gifts. She got me a bunch of um, Michael Crichton books I asked for, including one. Nice. Uh, yeah. And some really cool comic books like this. Which, wait, which which Crichton books did she get you? Eaters of the Dead, Sphere, and um, Congo. 
Sphere, man. I'm telling you. I know. It was Sphere, to... Sphere continues to be on my top ten of books. It was hard not to pick it up and just start reading it then, but I, I, I'm like a one novel at a time person. Yeah, and so. you should. It should be it should be a novel that you sit with and yeah. uh, finish it, not in one sitting, but finish it in one uh, go. Like, don't jump between books while you're reading it. It's a very psychological and philosophical adventure, and I, like I said, it's something you need to sit with and, like, really uh, experience. Yeah, I, I started like when when I opened it, I, I started reading the first few pages and I was like, oh, man, I could like I could get into this right now. But I'm reading an Elmore Leonard book that I, I want to finish. I'm, I'm kind of committed. So I need to finish that. And it's good. But, I'm you know, I'm excited for the uh, the Crichton books. And as we've kind of teased, we'll be doing a Crichton episode uh, soon. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited for that. Yeah, I, I love Crichton. Yeah, yeah. But what I didn't open was a well. I, actually, I opened it before this just to so I could access the contents of it. But a uh, package I received from have you, Chris. Have you looked inside it yet? No, I. I mean, I've I opened Good. it up, but I have not like gone through the contents. And I have your your package. Okay. I have I, I have my hands on your package, Connor. <laughs> well, here's the welcome to Dadlit, everybody. Uh, we hope you all we i'm i'm chris we hope you all had a wonderful holiday yeah. this is kind of our post-holiday uh sh- scatter shot yeah. we have some things to discuss and we're gonna open our christmas gifts to one another that uh contain some dad lit gifts yeah i'll be honest with you i remember i i don't remember everything i put in there <laughs> but i remember one uh, thing. same yeah okay so, do you want to open? Should we open them at the same time, or should we open them? One person open it first. Let's do one at a time for discussion's sake. Because if we both open them, we're not. Gonna, we're we're both going to be splitting our attention between our reactions, the things in our hands, and okay. the podcast. Well, your the package you sent me is like ready to go. So let me let me do that do it. first. Okay. Do it. Do it. Do I'm it. Opening do it. it up. There's some some packaging. Some fragile. That's all I got stuff. you. It's packaging. I hope you needed it. All right. First thing here, I'm pulling out looks like okay this is this is a good sign <laughs> it there it's a bundle of books and there's uh i can see it's actually from brian berryman purchased from mr berryman who who we love here and he he has a lot of great stuff. okay cool these are two books we've talked about and these are really well we haven't done episodes about but these are really cool editions of mm-hmm. um, Ian Fleming's James Bond's uh, James Bond books on Her Majesty's Secret Service, first time in paperback. It's a cool. It's a cool looking edition, and uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, which is one that we've talked. I have not. I haven't read either of these, but I have. Um, they're they're both very good. I've said before that the the three books that have Blofeld in them, uh, Thunderball on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and You Only Live Twice, are definitely Bond books that deserve to be read. They're excellent they're as good as the movies made about them but they go into more detail and have more information and then the uh the other one that you're holding now uh the spy who loved me is the only bond book written from a different point of view and i think it's really interesting yeah right right that was what we had talked about well those are awesome thank you dude um let me keep going keep going there's more there's another book in here 
This one is... I think you'll really love this. This is, sounds right up your alley. It's called The Vanishing Hitchhiker, American Urban Legends and Their Meanings by Jan Harald Brunvand. And it is a nice looking book. It's got some cool like art, art like illustrator animated kind of, I don't know, the artwork is yeah, cool. Yeah, we could post, we could post it on Instagram later. So it has all of these like classic urban legends and analysis of like what they mean and where they come from that's that's awesome yeah the, it, there's some that. origins there's some like first-hand accounts of things and like uh like the hook hand man and the vanishing hitchhiker and all those like urban legends that you're told and uh I, when i heard about that i was like oh connor will love this okay i'm looking at this here and chris i'm sorry uh, oop, and did you send me some broken glass? <laughs> oh no, did it break? Uh, this looks like it broke, yeah, but it's it still in good shape. It's still a cool looking thing. Um, it was it was a snow globe, but I worried that that might not make it in one piece. That's okay. It's, uh, it's a Halloween 2 uh, snow globe, and it's got Michael Myers... I see. I can see from the glitter. Well, now you just have a Michael Myers statue. Outfit. I can make maybe make a magnet out of it, but I. But okay, there's a lot of cool bookmarks and stickers are in here. I hope they didn't get wet from the from the it doesn't snow look globe. Like it. They don't look good. This they they're really cool looking. These yeah. So, uh, so okay. Here's one. It says reading well on drugs is hard, but I swear to God I am trying my best. Um, the, that's a bookmark. One, yep. Another one has this this tough kind of uh, uh, leather gangster biker looking dude wielding a very large knife, and he he also has a, a, a smaller knife on two 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 or three smaller knives on his belt. Um, and this one says, "If you can read this, you have invaded my privacy while I was reading, and now I will turn around and shoot you dead. Goodbye, bitch." <laughs> uh, and this other one too is that it's kind of <laughs> it's a guy who looks like he's he's mid stride and he looks kind of alarmed and there's like a, a scope target kind of crosshair across him with a gun with a handgun pointed and it says this book is protected by the second amendment i like that i, I that's i'm not like a big second i'm not like a big gun person but you know well i just like guns in, in books but um, I figured I figured these bookmarks would be right up your alley. And uh, this other postcard says, "Listen if you dare to the frightening sounds of Halloween sex." And it's got all sorts of Halloween imagery on it, including like a zombie nurse and a pumpkin with a skull in it, and it says, "Fuck. This tape is nasty as hell. Zombies having sex in graves. <laughs> Dusty Mummy raps coming undone. Grim re reapers sucking each other's forever dicks. Chains, veins, <laughs> and pain. What is a forever dick? I, guess I don't know. Did you, read, did you read the back of it? No. The sordid sounds of Halloween. Horrifying graveyard orgy. Zombies, ghouls, and skeletons. Eerie dicks. Creaking asses. Rattling tits. Howling mummy sex. Moaning undead pussies. Blood curling comes and many more. It sounds like it sounds like yeah, like one of those Halloween soundtracks. Except this is all spooky sex. That's awesome. Holy shit! Here's the real dadlit gift. You sent me. Okay, there's another card in here too. Actually, there's something before I get to this. 
get out of hell free card. Thank you. I probably need that. Holy yep. shit! You sent me a dagger. <laughs> do you do you know what it is? Is it? What is it? Is it, it looks like that a, is a uh, that that is a World War II Fairbairn Sykes knife. Okay, that's it what is I, I it is it is the knife used by World War II spies and commandos, designed by two crazy gentlemen from history. One of them is the guy that trained everyone in CQC and how to silently kill, uh, and the other gentleman is a guy that was a sniper and worked in weapons manufacturing before he teamed up with Fairbairn to like develop this knife. It's it's sharp. It'll kill you. Yes. That's awesome, yep. man. Thank you. Yeah. That's cool. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. Well, gosh, my gifts are... I hope you like them, but they're not as... <laughs> there's no howling... That's not the point. There's no blood-curling pussies and forever dicks in that little package. <laughs> Rattle, rattling tits. Yeah. All right. Chris All right, is I'm opening... opening I'm opening... Mouth. I'm opening him. Yeah. Impossible to open. Mine doesn't come with broken glass. Okay, there's a some something wrapped up in a piece of paper here. With some tape. Let me get this open. What is this? You've you've sent me some envelope letterhead from the state of representatives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and it was wrapped within it is, oh, a little like statue of an airman it's enjoying a coffee. It's you. <laughs> I'm an airman. Well, I think we talked about <laughs> when we were talking about, um, where Eagles dare, we were talking about the pilot who's like just drinking a cup of tea and reading his book while they're like flying, flying through these mountains. That is me. We did talk about that. So yeah, it's like a little pewter a beautifully painted pewter figurine of a of an of an airman and a uh, a flying cap and goggles that is from rome um Ooh. it was yeah i purchased that at this um in one of their sort of um uh like plazas there there there's a magazine and used book uh um it's like stalls kind of uh tons of used books also, like, they sell some, like, you know, used records and whatnot. Um, and a lot of... One guy had a ton of, like, historical stuff, um, including all of these pewter figurines. Like, he had, like, hundreds of them. And I was looking through them, and there were some really cool ones. Um, but I saw that one, and I thought of you. And uh, I was like, oh, I'll have to get this for Chris. And, and so Christmas was an occasion to send it to you. But, uh, yeah, Thank I you. got that in Rome. That's awesome. It's adorable. Yeah. And yeah, that pilot, that pilot was red. I'm now holding another piece of something wrapped. I'm unwrapping it. Okay. This is what I don't remember. Feels like, <laughs> this feels like a book. It's It is called V the Florida Project by Tim Sullivan. Uh, is this a part of the like the show V or whatever? Oh yes, yes, yes. This is we've talked about doing this. I thought you said me. I was like, what did I send? No, no, Chris? V. No, no, no. This is me, the little airman. So this that is, is V. V. The Florida Project. It is part of the V uh, mini series, The Visitors, where, with those that was in the '80s and then it was remade in the early 2000s. I think about these aliens that come down and they're like they. 
there's a lot of like fascist imagery um, that that yeah. they use, and uh, but there's these yeah the main the main V is always depicted as like spray painted V like a graffiti V yeah yeah and uh, it the the cover here shows a bunch of like reptilioid frogmen looking alien heads all like lined up like they're at an assembly. And it says above them, the saga continues. A secret evil hides in the Everglades as a visitor-controlled experiment nears completion. Uh, That's cool. And the back says, uh, from the dark side of the moon, the alien leader, Diana, has renewed her pledge to break the resistance. At a laboratory hidden in the Everglades, a diabolical experiment is underway to bring success to her scheme. There, pro football star Jack Stern and his fiancée, biologist Sabrina Fontaine, are unwilling participants in the creation of a master race. Human-reptilian hybrids of super strength bred to become soldiers against the Resistance. But even now, the leaders of the Resistance are racing south to the aliens' Everglades hideout and into a battle that must smash the Florida Project. Yes, so uh, I have a copy of this as well. So I was thinking we could both read it, uh, if not at this, maybe at the same time. But you know, maybe we could read it, and it might make that would be fun. Good, might make for a good episode yeah. just to talk about. I do think that I don't know how many um, dadlit books are going to check this box, but I do feel like a main character who has a background as either a like injured professional athlete or a college athlete is it is sort of meant for like dads, you know, it is meant for like middle-aged yeah. men who are it's, like, Oh no, for sure. It's I, I would have had a career in sports or my son would have had a career in sports. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just a cool guy thing where it's, it's like, a, Oh, you, you used to play football for Florida state. And it's like, uh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Connor. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, I do want to read this. Well, and I am interested to see how many of the checks it bo- like check boxes it checks. I think that's one of the fun things of like going through a book that you're not sure. Like you, we go into Hunt for Red October, and you pretty much know what's going to be checked. You know, there's going to be Cold War context. You know, there's going to be submarines. You know, there's going to be hyper competent male protagonist. But going into this, we'll see. I mean. I, I, there's definitely going to be some interesting things, maybe some weapons, maybe some gun porn. I'm interested to see what kind of vehicles they use, what time period this is set in. Probably the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's a, there's several, um, uh, I guess, tie-in novels um, uh, that were written um, with you know in, in, for the V series. Uh, have you ever watched the TV the TV show, the miniseries? No, I haven't. Should I before reading this? I mean, I think you probably get it. There's not much to it, but... Should I watch the first episode before reading this? I don't don't think it's necessary. Um, I mean, I I would recommend people watch it because I think it's a good... I think it's good and it's kind of funny and silly because it's a little bit older and it's a TV miniseries, so it has that, like, kind of bizarre TV miniseries storytelling quality. Um... They always have a bizarre budget. Like miniseries have a 
like a better budget than like a full season of a television show but they always use it really bizarrely like there'll be some effects that stand out and then there'll be something that looks cheap as fuck and you're like what the hell <laughs> no that 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 applies here there's some weird because the story you get it it's about an alien invasion type you know what uh, story yeah, the visitors <laughs> they're not the visitors they're actually bad but that's clear from the get-go um but yeah there's some, uh, the like copyright UFOs. is the copy yeah, the copyright is 1985. Perfect. I don't know what time period it's set in, though. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that'll be fun. I always like reading stuff that is set in Florida. Like, um, you read the Area X stuff, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, nice. uh, Vandermeer. Jeff um, Vandermeer, yeah. Yeah, he wrote, what was the first one? Annihilation. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't remember what the other two are called. Yeah, what the, uh, I want to say, God, what is the second one? The second one's the one I can't think of. The third one's Acceptance. Right. I like the second one with, it's like a administrative bureaucratic kind of like John yep, Carre like spy novel. It feels like an, it feels like an X-Files like mm-hmm. episode with all the bureaucra- bureaucracy and like office place drama. But then there's also just like a weird element to it and it's bizarre. And I, I like how it's in the same series as this like ecological horror that the first one starts and then the third book is like uh, like four different stories that happen at different points in time that all kind of tie into the first two books and conclude them. It's really good. If you guys haven't, I'm sure people are aware of the movie Annihilation and the book is a little bit different and they both have extreme merit. Like the movie's excellent and it does some really cool stuff and really good horror um, and gets very, uh, what would I call it? Uh surreal in a way that the book does it differently and i appreciate both of them and i think the the book is really cool it's written in the first person so it really immerses you in the horror of everything that's going on and uh if people out there like it or like florida for whatever reason definitely read it yeah yeah well Uh, connor for that 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 um Urban Legends book I got you. I also got myself a copy so that we can read it and discuss it. Perfect. Awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I like uh, I, I, I like it because there's like – the cover reminds me of Duel because there's it says The Vanishing Hitchhike, Hitchhiker. It's got a car with headlights. It just kind of reminds me of Duel. Um, it's, uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be not just entertaining but like uh, a good – peek into culture and mm-hmm. some like cultural anthropology speaking of culture i could talk about anything now any <laughs> um so at the except t- geology that's true <laughs> um at the time we're recording this we'll, we'll probably do a, a kind of full debrief on it but the reacher series has come out and yes. they they released the first three episodes all at one go. Um, I've watched the first three. I think Chris has seen a little bit more first than that. Four. First four. But yeah. any initial reactions? It's it's wonderful. Um, I I think I think it's better than the book. 
I think the book handles the mystery and investigation elements better because it has the time and pacing to like introduce you to clues and let you walk through them and think through them along with the characters. And the show doesn't stop. It moves very quickly. So it, re- it introduces those clues and the mystery a little bit breezier. But something that the show does that the book doesn't and I really appreciate is it gives you a lot more of a backstory into the members of the special investigators. And uh, it delivers, like, scene by scene, there's flashbacks uh, cutting between the present investigation and the past of the investigators being formed, which is something I don't really think they really explore too much in the book. Uh, the Them coming together and learning how to be a team, you get to learn about some of their eccentricities and mannerisms and, like, actually get to know them as characters rather than just names that are mentioned. Uh and it's nice. I like it. I think it works a lot better and it gives you a lot more as a reader the same emotional connection to the characters that the characters themselves have for one another. And I think that's more powerful than it they handle it in the book. Yeah, I, I the three episodes I've seen, I think they do a really good job at adapting it for a visual medium and they add things that make it worth watching that 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 it's not mm-hmm. just a one-to-one adaptation like an example would be um there's a scene where reacher has a key and he's trying to find which p.o box it it goes to so he's got to go <laughs> yes. and like basically put this key in every p.o box and see which one opens which is a pretty suspicious activity it's kind of sketchy if you saw someone doing that and in the book they describe it well but in the in the series like there's this older lady kind of like yakking at him and just like what, what are, are you doing? doing it's like that's a nice hey like you is that your p.o box sir sir i think this man is trying to open up someone else's p.o box right and it's like that's a, a, a smart humorous addition that like works better in in a in the tv show the visual version it wouldn't i don't think the joke would hit as much if it was in the book i don't remember that being part of that scene in the book but i think they if just, this was yeah. if this was parker uh, he would have knocked that old lady out and, like, leaned her up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I will say uh, the um, one thing that came through strong in the book is, like, the the anger and the, like, we're, we're out for blood here. Like, we're going to – whoever this is is dead. Um, and and then the, the TV show – I don't get that as much, but but I don't think that's a huge. Knowledge, just wait, just okay. wait, because it, 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 it kicks I, episode in episode four. Yeah. yeah, in episode four, it kicks up a notch. I, episode yeah. four is fantastic. I can't wait for you to see it. Um, we'll definitely do another discussion when the the, the season's over and uh, compose more of our thoughts. But it's yeah. phenomenal. The show continues to be well produced, well acted. Um, I, yeah, I, I, one thing I will say is that I forget his name, the character's name. He is the one. Um, male special investigator that rejoins the team. O'Donnell, right? O'Donnell. Yep. O'Donnell. Completely different from the book. He's the comedic. He's the uh, comedic relief, um, mm-hmm. and that's good because it's like I think you know that's a important part of of high intensity you know thrillers. You have three three serious characters on a team. You need one of the four to be a comedic relief. So you have Reacher, who's you know Reacher said nothing. Uh, you have. Uh, a tactical uh, military mind 
uh, in Neely, as they call her in the show, Nagley in the books. Hyper-competent. Yeah. Um, And then you have the, like, clerical-minded Dixon, who is, in the show, very, like, preppy and well-put-together, elegant, and, and, and holds herself that way. So you have three characters that act very reserved in t- most of the time, and then you you need something to lighten it up. If it was if it was the same character as he was in the book, like a James uh, Bond, like a, yeah, exactly, <laughs> like a gentle like a gentleman debonair character. I don't know if the show would be as entertaining. So yeah. it's it's good that they switched up one of the characters, and I don't disagree with which one they chose. It's just a shame because I really like his character in the book. Yeah, absolutely. That's not to say. That's not to take away from the character in the show. I think he's an excellent character, and I think they handle him well, and they make him like a family man, which is nice. It's uh, it's interesting. It's uh, it, and all of the characters have a character development between the flashbacks when you meet them in the past and with who they are now, as they're a, like after the investigators, what kind of life they picked up and what they've become. And it's nice to see that that none of them are like. Except maybe Reacher. None of them are like one to one the same person that they used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, and that's I kind of that's kind of one of that's kind of one of the things they bring up is that Reacher hasn't really changed. And that's a good part of the book too. I thought is that you know he it, he's and this is kind of speaks to like why I like Glee Child. I think he's like he's a very good writer, uh, not just of thrillers, but like he imbues like a lot of human elements into it. Is like. This is the this experience we've all had, especially as like time passes, where you start looking at your peers and comparing them against yourself, and you start wondering like, have I just been making bad decisions for the past ten years, or like why aren't I at that point? And um, you know, I think that's a kind of smart like emotional um, like subplot to to this. Uh, it is, this but story. it's 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 interesting that he's not the only one that has those like f- those thoughts. Like they all kind of look at each other and they're like, oh. Did I did I do the right life? Did I play the right the right thing? Hold on, you just froze up for a second there. <laughs> You're back though. Oh no, I no, I actually did that in real life. It wasn't a connection problem. I froze up. Yeah, no. Um, uh, <laughs> I was saying that um, it's interesting that the characters, like all of them, have that kind of like recollection of their their life and look at the their life choices and consider whether or not they made the right life choices. It's mm-hmm. not just like Reacher looking at the others. It is mostly Reacher though. Mm-hmm. There's a really good scene in the show. And I, I think it's in episode three where um, they go into somebody's uh, office or house and he's got like a, f- a framed picture of the special investigators. And this picture's popped up multiple times throughout the series so far. And Reacher goes, am I the only one that doesn't have this picture? And, and they're like, you got to have a house to have pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. I'm looking for. I'll definitely. Maybe I'll get caught up on it today. Um, it's not. The season's not yet finished, but uh, we'll have to do a full debrief once we once that's done. But um, other than that, you know, any other? Uh, you watch anything or read anything interesting? And in, during this holiday little, you know, week and a half. Uh, I don't know if you've been on break, but you know, a lot of people. No, I've been working hard all the way up till. Of course, I've only had Christmas Day off, and then I'll have New Year's Day off. Uh, no, but uh, I've been I finished The Hog Father by Terry Pratchett, a very Christmassy book. Uh, it's a really fun 
uh, fantasy jaunt. I re- recommend it for anybody, though. Like, you don't have to be familiar with Terry Pratchett or his Discworld series to enjoy it. It's basically something happens to the Hogfather, which is Santa, and Death, like the Grim Reaper, decides to that the job needs to be done so he dresses up as santa and tries to perform the job of santa and it's really fun watching him try to understand how to be jolly and try to understand like christmas spirit and uh trying to get it right the whole time he's trying to learn the ho 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 and he keeps getting it wrong Oh, ho, ho. that sounds um, fun. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. And there's a whole other back. There's like a, another there's like a B plot going on this whole time um, that involves like a murder mystery. Um, it's cool. It's it's really cool. And it, it gets it gets philosophical in ways that I wasn't expecting it to. And it actually has like a, a lot of heart and is perfect for like a like a Christmas read like a christmas spirit it makes you feel like you watched like a really warm and cozy christmas movie yeah i know it's i know it's now after christmas and this is the worst time to be pitching this book but uh if anyone is interested in like a really fun fantasy read i highly recommend any of terry pratchett's books i actually that reminds me i watched a, a movie uh it was a rewatch for me my partner had not seen it before but it's called fat man with mel gibson and it's it's kind of uh, well. So the story is that Mel Gibson is uh, Santa, and he's this very grisly, grisly Santa. And um, he, you know, the kids, more kids are being bad. So him and his elves don't have as much work to do to produce toys. Um, but hey, he just does a coal mine now. Well, what happens in the beginning is there's this really rotten, uh, wealthy boy who you know he's he's just a, he's naughty and uh, for christmas he gets coal and he's so mad that he hires this hitman to go and kill santa um oh. and the hitman is played by this actor who his name has escaped me but everyone knows uh, walton goggins oh wow okay and there, interesting yeah, there's also this when did this come out um you know i watched it two or three years ago and it was kind of new so i want to say maybe like four or five years ago um and there's also this plot with like santa's workshop needs money so they take a government contract the elves are really funny in it because the elves are like these hyper productive creatures and you kind of learn about their lifestyle and their like ideology and how like everything they do revolves around like production and being factory workers um but it's a fun movie and it's a funny movie. And I know we've, I think we've probably talked about this before. Mel Gibson obviously is, you know, kind of a, a crazy person uh, off screen, but I, I love him as an actor and uh, as Santa, that the kind of Santa he is, is really good. And uh, Mrs. Claus as well is really good in the, in the story. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a good movie and it's a good Christmas movie, but y- you can enjoy it any time of year. Cause it's, it's an adult Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I finished, uh, the latest book in a sci-fi series that I really enjoy. That's about it. I'm kind of between books right now, which is a good feeling. I still need to finish Moby Dick. Uh, I, I, 
I can't just leisurely listen to it on audiobook because I need to take notes and because I'm adapting it. So I need to like analyze it and do like homework with it rather than just sit back and read it. So uh, I, that's a little bit more slower going and I can't always listen to it at work, which is where I get most of my audiobooking done is mm-hmm. at work. So, yeah. But how about you? Have you? What have you been reading during the holiday break? Well, I finished a book that I'm. We're actually going to record an episode on. Um, it's called The Valhalla Exchange by Jack Higgins, which is. Uh, uh, I've said it before. Jack Higgins is becoming my my favorite thriller writer, um, and I also spent a lot of time really trying to finish this short story I was working on and get it in for Ooh. a call for submissions. And I, I did that. So that which which one? So it's for this. Um, uh, for this, this, there's this YouTuber. He's great. He he talks about some of the same stuff we do. His name's, uh, his channel's Criminali, and his name's Ollie. Uh, he's okay. he's British, and he talks a lot about genre fiction, and uh, he he does this thing called garb garb August, like garbage August, where he reads like what he calls garbage literature, but he uses that term as like kind of you know affectionately to like paperbacks from hell and schlocky crime novels and spy novels so he announced earlier this year that he'll be doing a uh, um, an anthology or a, a collection uh, working with uh, this publisher and these editors and it's a um, it's a collection of garbage literature type stories so I wrote something that's uh, kind of. Did you get it? Did you get it done in time? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, it's close to five thousand words, which I'm like, wow, this might be like the longest thing I've ever submitted, um, which is kind of daunting because it's like you know, it's a lot of opportunity to get to be boring and we're you know whatever. But, um, so yeah, hopefully that works out. We'll see. You know, if it, if it doesn't end up getting published, maybe it's something uh, we can talk about more on the show. <laughs> uh, oh, for sure. We can do an audio. Uh, I was. I was hoping to get a piece of mine adapted and finished to submit to that uh, cryptid uh, call for submission that you sent me. There was like a, a cryptid one that's due um, New Year's. Yeah, yeah. And I, I may try to tonight. I I have some time tonight that um, I may try to edit it and get it submitted. But I didn't realize I uh, – I was already, I just need to change some names, do some minor editing here and there. And then I looked at my word count and I'm like 300 words over the like maximum. And I don't know if I can cut it down by that much and still enjoy the story. So I may or may not submit it, but yeah, uh, there's there. Um, well, you know, uh, yeah, sit, maybe some magic will happen. You'll sit down and it'll be like, you know I hope, exactly what to I hope, do. I hope I can find something and be like, this is shit. Why is this in here? Cut that out. Or, oh, I can trim this down. But I'm sure it's been a while since I wrote it. So I'm coming to it with fresh eyes. So there may be a lot of good cutting and editing I can do to it. So here's hoping. Yeah. Well, but I hope. Uh, I really appreciate. I really appreciate you sharing all of those like writing opportunities too. I've been writing a lot lately. Um, there's been like a newspaper writing contest. Yeah. Where yeah, like every every that. few every few weeks they put a couple of picture prompts that you could write about and send in. But the the word count on those are like, it's like 750 words or less. It's very small and it's very hard to like actually write a fulfilling, <laughs> a, a fulfilling story in that short of time or short of word count rather. And, um, it's been challenging in a good way. 
Uh, and then uh, I've been doing some other personal writing and working on some projects, which is it feels good to get like back into that like full time. Uh, so I've been writing for a writing group online. One of the podcasts I listen to does a, a writing club, and we've been writing pretty uh, consistently. Yeah, I'm hoping, you know, New Year's resolutions, trying to be more productive creatively. And um, I always say, like, and I notice a lot of people in the, like, the Bookstagram community and everything, it's very common for people to want to, like, diversify their reading. Um, And, you know, that's obviously, I think that's a good thing. But I'm like, I, there's so many, (laughs) there's so many Jack Higgins novels I want to read. That I, I'm like, I, oh, yep. Maybe the goal for me should be like, I'll read all of them this year. <laughs> That's a goal. Yeah. That's a hell of a goal. Yeah. Um, uh, Corey, our mutual friend, is trying to do all of the Hugo winners. Hmm. I don't think he's trying to do it all in a year, but his goal is to to go back through with all of the Hugo winners um, and read all of them. That's a it's an interesting goal. That's a smart, like you know, yeah. Get a very the list is pretty interesting too. He like sent it over to me, and I've read like three or four of mm-hmm. them. But uh, there's some interesting like picks on there, so it'll be interesting to like hear his thoughts on those and what are worthwhile and not. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. The only thing I thought of for uh, New Year's resolution, other than the usual, like, get more in shape and shit like that, um, is manage my time better. But also, I want to continue a failed resolution I had last year. Um, last year, my resolution was that for every book that I read, I will also read a book from a different culture, like a different country or a different culture. And uh, I have not stuck to that. I was planning on doing, like reading two books a month uh, and one of them being a pleasure read and one of them being something from another culture. And I have not, I don't think I've even read 12. Maybe I have read 12 books this year. I'll have to do a count. I haven't really done a count on like what I've consumed in the year. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we could post our like favorite book of the year, favorite movie of the year kind of a thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that would be easy for me. You know, I, I, I'm, I think that my favorite book I read this year was if it was this year, it would probably would have been um, the Eagle has landed, but I don't know if that was this year. It could have been last year. Um, I think it was over a year ago. I don't know um, for sure. Yeah, I don't keep track of that stuff too closely. Like I've tried to track it in the past, but after a while, I I find that I kind of stress myself out because I'm like, well, I'm not keeping up with the pace, and I got to do this and this, and it's like, uh, it's just. I mean, it, it, I can see why people would do no, it. I don't and think that's, it. It gets stressful. It doesn't have to be. It's like I know the intention isn't to like have a contest or to like keep a pace, but um, I just find that like I, you know, I'm. Uh, that's just my brain. You know, I get I, when I start tracking things, I start like analyzing them, and it's not good. Let's see. Uh, this year, I think the best book that I read this year is probably either Rosewater by Tade Thompson or uh, The Princess Spy by Larry Loftus. The Princess Spy is one of the ones that I read for our upcoming spy episode. It's about um, um, Eileen Griffith, the spy that uh, was stationed in Madrid during World War II. 
and like married a bullfighter and became like a fashion icon and was like embroiled like embedded in all of the like social like community and learning about like all the stuff that these like wealthy nazis were doing and being able to like pass information back and forth really interesting story i mean we'll definitely go into more detail about it in that upcoming episode but uh that's made probably one of the best books i've read this year yeah i have it on my shelf you sent it to me and i'm looking at it right now uh, and then what's your what's the best movie you've seen? Uh, this year, best movie, Meg 2. No, no stop. <laughs> really? No, no, not Meg 2. Um, I was about to fly all the way over there and slap you. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I've seen some older... I'm trying to think of the best movie I watched this, this year, not necessarily from this year. But I watched this Italian movie called Convoy Busters that I really liked. It was a Poliziotteschi film, um, and it was pretty stylish and fun. Um, actually, um, this Lucio Fulci film, another Italian film, um, Don't Torture a Duckling. Maybe it's a giallo film um, set in rural Italy about someone going around and killing young boys. Uh, I thought it was a really good movie. Uh don't torture duckling directed by lucio fulci huh okay i think the best movie i've seen might hmm maybe godzilla minus one. Oh, that might be it too that was really really good uh boy and boy and the heron was also really good but the, this is like this is like um recency bias like those are the two last movies i saw so they're fresh in my mind but they are also really good so I don't know. Um, trying to think what else came out this year. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Godzilla Minus One. Yeah, in terms of releases this year, I would probably say the same thing. Godzilla Minus yeah, One. Very the, good. The, 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 the budget it had, what it did with that budget, the acting, the like effects, all of that is just like beyond a good Godzilla movie. It's just a good movie. I, I've been, you know, the perhaps this is synchronicity, uh, but I, I've been... Uh, reading and watching quite a bit of um, fiction and media that deals with the end of World War II and the the imme- like the final days of World War II and the immediate aftermath and it, it's an interesting part of that history um, that I'm learning a little bit about and it's an interesting setting for stories because you see. The, devastate, the immediate devastation of the war on some people. You see the abruptness of, of the end for some people and the struggle to figure out what they're going to do next and how for some people, um, you know, it was kind of a liberatory experience and then for other people it was extremely traumatic um, mm-hmm. in many different ways, you know. Or both. Yeah. It can be extremely traumatic and liberating at the same time, especially like the finality. Like once a war ends, I can only imagine like everyone – being traumatized by the things that they experienced and continue to experience, but also the enormous relief of like, well, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I look forward to, uh, I look forward to what we're going to see next year, what kind of movies are going to come out, what kind of books we're going to read. We have a lot, a lot of good stuff planned for the podcast. I'm looking forward to that. It is the new year. And when this, by the time this comes out, it will be the new year. So happy new year to everybody happy out new there. Year. And uh, I can't say be safe because it's after. So I hope you were safe during the new year. Connor, you have anything else? Thank you guys for listening. You know, this year we've got 
like Chris said, we've got some big plans. We've got some like big multi-part episodes planned. But, um, you know, as always, if you guys have suggestions or books that you think we would enjoy, let us know. Um, another thing I kind of want to do this year is have some guests on. So, uh, Oh, I'd love to have yeah. guests on. I have a yeah. few people. That, I still want to you know, reach back out. Yeah, I want to reach back out to Scott Brick and see if he'll come on. Yeah. If you want to contact us, if you have recommendations, if you want to be a guest, uh, contact us. You can get us. Uh, um, you can email us at dadlitpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can message us on Instagram uh, at dadlitpodcast. Yeah. And Connor, you also have a book coming out. Well, a story in a book coming yeah, out. Yeah, thanks. It's from uh, the publishers from Beyond Press. You can find them on uh, Instagram. I think it's at From Beyond Press. You can pre-order the book um, from their website, FromBeyondPress.com. I think it's like eleven or twelve bucks for a pre-order right now. And it's what's it hell. called? Escalators to Hell. Yeah, it's a, a collection of mall horror. So, yeah, I've read uh, many of the stories in it. Very diverse in the content and the approach. Um, mine is a uh, the uh, anchor story. It's called. Um, hard to be a mall god uh, if you if you're interested in horror if you like horror comedy you know you might enjoy my story so yeah go check it out escalators to hell uh highly yeah. recommended his his story is very good um i loved it i'm i'm excited i already pre-ordered the book i'm excited to get it thanks dude that's awesome uh of course and um i also have another podcast coming out next year um, it may be out. The first episode may be out when this episode drops. I'm not sure of our timing, but uh, Connor is guest on episode two. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I'm sure we'll share it on our podcast on our Instagram. Uh, Connor's brandishing the Fairbairn Sykes knife I gave him. Uh, is that a threat, Connor? It's it's to the, it's <laughs> to the audience. Listen to the but yeah, listen um, to the Twilight Zone yeah. podcast. It's it's called uh, the unlocked door, right? And we'll have we'll have an Instagram for it. We'll have uh, we'll share posts about it. But the unlocked door. It is a Twilight Zone podcast. Uh, my friend Spivzy and I discuss. We'll alternate. One episode will be about the classic series from the fifties, and then uh, another episode will be about one of them from the eighties. And we're going through them in order. Uh, Connor is guest on the first episode of the series from the 80s, which is written by Harlan Ellison. Thought it was a good good thing to have Connor on to talk about. And uh, it was a good episode. We had, we had a good time recording it, so I, uh, I look forward to posting it. But yeah, keep an eye out for that. Keep an ear out for that. Um, <laughs> unless Connor cuts it off with this knife. <laughs> That's cool. Please... Where this please, to work. please be careful with that. Yeah, well, please don't get arrested. I wonder if you can bring this into a government building. I'm gonna say no. It's huge. <laughs> um, you all have a good New Year. You all have a good 2024. Uh, come back and check in with us, and uh, dad you later. Dad you later. I love that this has just become our official sign-off. Get out of here. Just don't ask questions. 